Welcome to Positivity Strategist, a podcast that injects a good deal of optimism and possibility into your life at home and at work. Conversations with thought leaders and everyday people shine the light on what works and amplifies those everyday micro moments of positivity, irrespective of what else is going on. You'll be energized by lots of practical tips, inspiring you to live a truly satisfying and meaningful life. I'm Robin Stratton Burkessel, host of Positivity Strategist. Now, for those of you listening today who are into human and organization and community development and positive change, that is most of the audience, facilitators, coaches, teachers, healthcare workers, leaders, students, and anyone interested in participating in life in the best way you can, I have a real treat for you. My guest today is a pioneer in the field of appreciative inquiry. She's been sowing the seeds of AI around the world, touching the lives of thousands of people, increasing capacities in government agencies, bilateral and multilateral development organizations, non-profits, boards, and community groups in more than 52 countries. And I understand my guest was instrumental in naming the 4D cycle that we all practice. So Ada Jo Mann, I'm so deeply honored to welcome you to Positivity Strategist. Thank you, Robin. I'm really happy to be here. There's nothing I like to talk about more than appreciative inquiry. I know. I think it's kind of woven into your life. That's for sure. That's for sure. And in fact, I was listening to one of your recent podcasts on on the concept of synchronicity. And I kept thinking when I was listening that that whole concept of synchronicity is a thread of appreciative inquiry throughout my life. That's wonderful to hear. Well, Tom Myers, the professor up at Burlington who's doing his research into synchronicity, as you will have heard through the podcast, um, is really suggesting that it's kind of an emergent principle. And so I think it's fantastic that you're saying that. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. And the whole notion of, of noticing that events that are unfolding in your life have some um, connection is is very interesting to me, and it's certainly it's certainly played out in my life that I look back on, um, you know, seventy years later. That's great. Um, I think Tom would love to have a conversation with you. It is. It's that kind of opening up our awareness and paying attention and making sense of it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. So, Ada Joe, you've made some amazing contributions to the world, particularly through appreciative inquiry. And I know it hasn't stopped (laughs) and it won't stop. And we're going to dive into some of your fantastic stories because you've got so much to share. But I'd like us to start with the present project that I know that you're working on. And it strikes me that it's in line with your own strengths as an implementer of visionary ideas. So it's not only the visionary ideas that you have, but you actually put them to work. So you also have this capacity to have your eyes and your heart already into the future. So I know this is true as I'm excited to be working with you on this project. And it's the inquiry 
um, the world inquiry into appreciative inquiry. So let's start there, if you wouldn't mind. Would you would you share with us how this came about and what your vision is and you know where we're at in this process? I think this is really it's significant because it's happening right now. Sure, I'd love to. Um, and this is this is a, another great example of synchronicity. I think uh, a while ago, a couple, um, I guess it was just this this past. June. Um, some of us in the Appreciative Inquiry community came together to celebrate the contributions that Jane Watkins has made to the field of Appreciative Inquiry. And it, it, it was a t- terrific gathering in Williamsburg, Virginia, and it really felt like a, a homecoming for many of us. Uh, and at the end of that wonderful day, couple of days of storytelling, um, I was really almost on my way out the door. And Neil Samuels, who's also made many contributions to the field of appreciative inquiry, who was there, who I've never actually been able to work directly with, um, came up to me and said, you know, I've heard a lot about the GEM initiative. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that later in this in, in, in our conversation, Robin, but he said, I've heard a lot about the GEM initiative, but I wonder if you ever went back and asked the participants what the impact of appreciative inquiry has been on their life and work. And uh, he, I, I thought about it and I said, well, not, not, not really. And um, I drove home um, with Tony Silbert and Jan Silbert and talked a little bit about it on the way. And then when I got home, I thought, wow, you know, it's pretty amazing that we haven't ever looked at the impact, not just of appreciative inquiry on the life and work of the GEM initiative participants, but what about all of the other hundreds, even thousands of AI practitioners around the world who have been using appreciative inquiry and incorporating it into their life and work over the last, you know, since the early 90s, really. So I had this idea that let's put the whole, the principles, some of the principles of AI into practice. Let's build on the fact that we're in a very different world now. We, We can connect so easily through social media and the web, and let's search for those stories of impact of AI on all of us who have been touched by, by appreciative inquiry over the years. And so that's, that's how the concept of, of the world inquiry began. Uh, it was a, a fateful question. That, that's one of the kind of watchwords of, of appreciative inquiry, the first question is fateful. And that question that Neil Samuels asked me really um, was the impetus to start this new project that several of us are involved in, in making happen. And Robin, uh, you're, you're one of them. So uh, it's great to work with you on, on um, the world inquiry. And basically, in, in a word, what it will be is an, an opportunity to send out three AI questions around the world and ask anyone who's had any experience with appreciative inquiry to answer these questions of impact 
and make a, a simple video of their answers and upload it on uh, YouTube or a home where which we're in the process of creating so that there it, there will be a, a viral movement of stories of AI and the impact it's had on our life and work. And, and um, it's a very exciting project and it brings together so much of what um, is current and also important to me personally and many others. Yes, yeah, so it's a wonderful opportunity to weave the best of the past and the impacts through stories, which is kind of like the, the thread and the foundation of, of AI. And yeah. I love that you said that, you know, the conversation or the question that Neil Samuels asked really was an example of that simultaneity principle, the very first question you asked, sows the seed for change. And that's what it triggered in you. So exactly. what if I were to ask you the three questions? Sure, that sounds like fun. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. So the first question, how did you find AI or did in fact AI find you? Um, I had just graduated from college um, a long time ago in the, in the late 60s and I joined the Peace Corps with my new husband and we went to Chad. We were trained to be health volunteers. And a question that sat in my being while I was there was really, why, why is it, how is it that I, you know, a 21-year-old American has really anything to give other than goodwill to the people around me? They, even though they're living a simple life, they really seem to have figured out how to live a very satisfying and happy existence. And why isn't it that why isn't why aren't we trying to figure out what allows people here to continue to live lives of satisfaction and, and joy? There was a lot of joy um, sitting around the the, the fire and dancing and bringing new life into the world. So it was that first question, I think, that I, I've, that I asked myself, again, the first question is faithful, mm. of, you know, what what's working well here? Mm -hmm. And why aren't we building on that? It, it's not something that I that I acted on at that point in my life, but it certainly was a question that, that sat within me. My time in the Peace Corps had greatly influenced the course of my career and I, w I was working in the field of international development and I was a contractor at the U.S. Agency for International Development. And one of the things I was asked to do was to create um, a, a management training program for the CEOs of international aid organizations. Mm -hmm. It actually came out of a place of deficit that the, the manager at USAID felt that that um, international aid organizations weren't being run very well and that it was their job to teach CEOs how to do it better. Mm -hmm. And he asked me to design a program. And so I brought together a group of consultants to, to help do that. And one of them was Jane Watkins. 
whom I mentioned earlier. And she also had a long career in international development and in management of organizations. First of all, uh, brought CEOs together and asked them what it is they most wanted <laughs> in, <laughs> instead of prescribing Very to nice. them what you ought to, in mm-hmm. fact, what you ought to learn that if we design a program, design it with a, a critical mass of key leaders that go with them so that so that they're not just learning something new in a vacuum but they have a whole team that's learning it together absolutely yeah so that that was an important um first step that led me in this direction of appreciative inquiry and jane had had was involved with the national training laboratory ntl at the time in fact she was the board chair and she had met a guy who she thought I should meet. And she sent me to Case Western Mm -hmm. to meet David Cooperwriter. Mm -hmm. And I immediately fell in love with the concepts that he was talking about. The ideas really resonated with me and they, and they harked back to that, those nagging questions that I'd had all this time about international development and the notion of experts coming in and telling people, um, you know, who, who had developed, uh, you know, successful ways of being how to be. Mm-hmm. And, um, so, so that's how I, yeah. got to, that's how I, how, how I began to be involved with appreciative inquiry. So are you finding Ada Joe, that your story of, um, there was something within you already, you had already an awareness or you had some kind of sensibility around there is a different way and a better way of doing this and it's starting with inviting people to talk about their own capacities or what they value. And then when you found out that this other person <laughs> had created a methodology around this, it was like, well, it makes absolute sense. So it's kind of this this almost mutuality of discovery that um, that it just – you were open to it. You were ready. You were curious. You were seeking it. And then it came to you. You found it. it yeah, that's absolutely right, Robin. And, you know, all I've, I've, you know, since then gone, been in many countries, trained uh, many people uh, on, on uh, appreciative inquiry. And I so often get people, hear people say, you know, I've been doing this all my life, or this is the way, this is the way I think, but, you know, I've always felt like a lone wolf. And, yes. and, um, so it, it's not, it wasn't just me. It's, it's something that resides in, within many of us. And it's just, it's not what is developed in our society. We're, you know, we've, we're developed to be problem solvers and to fix things mm-hmm. that are broken. And that's where our attention goes. But if you give yourself permission to look at any given situation from a different perspective about and look at what, in fact, is working well here, it takes a, an entirely different yeah, tack. Yeah. And I think we often use the metaphor of, you know, the seed. Um, you know, we sow the seeds and then it takes on a life and it blooms. And so I think those seeds are within us all. And it's just do we have the opportunity to find that seed or for that seed to, to be found and then we can begin to nurture it. 
absolutely. I think there's another really key kind of universal that part of appreciative inquiry that taps into uh, the collective unconscious out there, and that is the whole con- the whole act of storytelling. And I, I heard that over and over again, um, uh, especially when introducing appreciative inquiry in African countries. The first reaction that I would get in um, getting people acclimated and understanding appreciative inquiry, the first reaction was often, well, no, we don't really like to talk about what what we're good at. Well, we, we, we were very shy about talking about things like that. Mm-hmm. And I would have to, you know, sometimes encourage people and just, okay, just suspend what you, what you're not usually <laughs> doing and, and just try it out. Mm-hmm. And then once, once they, you know, gave themselves permission to talk about what their strengths are and what's working well, the stories unfolded. And the fact that they were stories tapped into a very universal, mm-hmm. um, act of, storytelling that exists in all cultures mm-hmm. at some level. And it's something that, you know, we, in our culture, we've begun to really ex- um, <coughs> uncover, excuse me, and, and build on that. There are lots of now storytelling projects a- across the country in various ways, but it's, it's something that's, that's, existed, you know, an oral tradition is, is universal. And Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the real strengths of appreciative inquiry is tapping into, to that way of being. Yeah. And the very process of inviting someone to tell their story and listening so respectfully, that is, that's a beautiful thing. (laughs) Yes, it is. So many of us don't have the opportunity to tell our story and to to be really heard. And I think, you know, when we go through the appreciative inquiry process and we go through that discovery interview, often the feedback we get is, you know, what was that like? Well, somebody really got me. They really heard what I had to say and they offered another lens to it so they learn more about themselves. So I think, you know, it's about this possibility. It's the transformation of yourself and another in that relationship of storytelling. Yeah, it's very magical, mm-hmm. and pe- people, it especially, it's especially magical when um, it's a an AI summit situation, and you've got thousands of people in a room, all telling very important stories to each other mm-hmm. at the same time. The energy is there's something very dynamic and yeah. and and. It, Magical yeah. is the only word I can come up with. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's life-changing. Mm-hmm. Um, so in sharing um, your story of how you found AI, you mentioned the, the, um, the you know, USAID and the Peace Corps and you also then alluded to the pro- program that you created with some amazing um, contributors, Jane included and David, and that's the GEM Project, Right. Yes. So yes. I'd love you to, you know, there, that was had a huge impact. So our second question in our world inquiry that we're, we're working on is to invite people to talk about where and how AI has made a difference in their own lives and their work 
And so I'm making an assumption here, and, and I know that you've told this story elsewhere, but for you, I mean, the GEM project was hugely impactful. And um, so, Martin, why don't you share, would you like to share that with us now? Sure, sure, I'd love to. Uh, and yes. maybe you can spell out, you know, the the acronym GEM too for people who don't know. Yes, and <laughs> I'm a big word person, um, <laughs> and that's another um, watchword of appreciative inquiry: the the phrase "words create worlds." Um, well, words really did create worlds for me, and um, I remember being on an airplane with David. We were coming back from working with Plan International to develop their inquiry questions, and this was this was a pilot program that was a precursor to GEM. And um, we were on the plane, and we were we were designing this this uh, new program that we wanted to go back to USAID and get funding for. And I, and I was, I said, well, we have to call it something. So, and it's going to be global and it's going to be about management. So how about we call it global excellence in management? Mm -hmm. And that's how the GEM initiative was named. Mm -hmm. And it turned it, what it was, uh, just to describe what, what it ended up being. It was a seven year grant funded by the U S agency for international development to case Western um, David was the principal investigator and I was the project director and, uh, along with Claudia Liebler, who was the program director with me. And we, it, it had various, um, components to it. We did, uh, a the first, the very first certificate program in, um, appreciative inquiry to train, NGO leaders in the concept of appreciative inquiry, and it was also it it was a kind of groundbreaking model that I see replicated all around now in certificate programs. And it had three phases. The first was a two-week residential program where NGO leaders from around the world came together for two weeks to learn about the philosophy and principles of appreciative inquiry. They, while they were there, they developed a pilot um, application project using appreciative inquiry in their own organizations. And then six months later came back as a class in one of the countries of the participants to share the experience of their application projects and, and um, how that went. And Eddie Joe, if I just interrupt, that's that's kind of like the doing the certificate in AI at Case Western is like today. Exactly, mm. it's the same same process, mm -hmm. and it was it was really a wonderful mm -hmm. uh, a, a way of of learning mm. Cause together. It's about, yeah, you learn the theory, and then you go out and practice it, mm -hmm. and then you come and then back you, and share your learnings. Yeah, yeah, it, it it was great, and we and we did many of those over the course of the seven years. We also, at that point in time, USAID was very interested in developing local NGO partners around the world and so that there, there were all these American U.S. agencies like Save the Children and Care and World Vision who had been 
doing programs around the world. Mm-hmm. But um, there was a growing interest in de- in developing local NGOs to do that work. So we um, developed a, a, what we called a partnership AI partnership model for developing authentic partnerships between uh, northern and southern organizations, and that was a whole became a whole uh, process for um, training international NGOs and their local partners on on how to launch authentic partnerships using appreciative inquiry. Ada Joe, you just mentioned that you have words mean a lot to you and you're very inventive and creative with words and you came up with GEM, um, Global Excellence in Management. I understand you are also key in coming up with the four Ds in the well-known classic Appreciative Inquiry 4D cycle. So say more about that. Okay, sure, Robin. Um, One of the – actually, I was describing a partnership program that we developed, and um, the first time we launched that program, we were in Zimbabwe, and David was there, and there were several doctoral students who were new to um, to Gem, and Gem actually was staffed with Case Western uh, doctoral students throughout its seven years, and so they were there, there were these doctoral students, and we were sitting around um, getting ready to uh, launch this program, and David was doing a bit of of bringing the doctoral students up to speed about appreciative inquiry. And so he was walking through what he saw as the the linear process of of, uh, doing an appreciative inquiry. And he talked about the discovery phase of doing interviews. And then he talked about dreaming and creating visions of, of what you want to have create and have happen. And then, a sort of implementation phase and and then uh, a, a design phase and then an implementation phase. And so I sat back and said, well, if you called, if you, if you used discovery and then dream, and then you had something like design and then delivery, you'd have four D's. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's how it happened. <laughs> And another, I think, just a, a kind of cute aside, maybe a synchronous, maybe it's synchronous. It's <laughs> part of synchronicity as well as um, all of David's siblings' names start with D. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so. That's such a great story. But then, didn't um, delivery get changed? Yes, it did. Yeah. Um, it Why did. was that? Well, there, because of it didn't really um, by itself embody the notion of um, sustainability, and so uh, the fact that you know it, it, it when you delivery has kind of a final yes. note yes. connotation, yeah, and you know the whole process in appreciative inquiry is mm-hmm. is more. Um, cyclical yes. and iterative and right iterative yeah. so so the uh, and i'm i'm not sure who it is that actually 
named the destiny phase, but the, it's the notion that it's important to embed the concepts of appreciative inquiry into an organization mm-hmm. and, and to make the change more sustainable and then to go back through the whole cycle and and uh, see where you are at any given new moment. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense because delivery sounds like it stops, but it really continues. So it's that continuity. Yes. Um, I, mean, I remember when I was doing my AI certification at Case and one of the things that I came back after my six-month project was I was really keen on the sustainable impact of AI, how you make it stick, how mm-hmm. you don't lose momentum after, I mean, whatever the application is, whether it's through a coaching engagement or whether it's, um, you know, doing a full full summit or just, you know, small conversations, how do you, how do you make it last? And the only word that I could come up with was sustainable. So I was talking about, you know, um, appreciative inquiry being sustainable. And it was really interesting. I mean, this is like 12 years ago or so. And I remember Ron Fry was saying he, and people just weren't quite getting what I was meaning by sustainable. And I mean, you know, it lasts in the organization. It stays, it, there's momentum, it sticks. And then Ron Fry got up and gave this talk on the continuity piece. Mm-hmm. And that's when it dawned on me and I thought, oh, maybe the word I should have been using is continuity. You mm-hmm. know, what's the continuity of AI? Because people, you know, people were looking at or listening or hearing sustainability in terms of, you know, the, the environment. environmental sense, right, yep. as opposed mm-hmm. to the lasting impact of AI and how it gets embedded into the culture and it shifts, you know, there's this huge shift that happens and can last. So that was kind of like a fun um, aha moment for me to to move to that continuity piece. So the next question in our world inquiry was to, um, Ada Jo, is to invite people to focus on their own contributions or innovations. Now, you've already, you know, right from the beginning of our conversation here, you've been talking about your own contributions and innovations. So what else? I know you've written a book, for example, if you would share with us some of your innovations or what you've, what you've contributed and what you've seen come out of your contributions with appreciative inquiry across the world. After Jim... The, the next part in my life, the next phase in my life was um, being involved in creating and then being the first manager of Appreciative Inquiry Consulting, AIC. Mm-hmm. And, and the purpose of AIC was to bring, was to cr- create a kind of worldwide network of AI practitioners. And I think the, the best outcome of that experiment was the uh, creation of AI world conferences. Ah. And the first, the first AI world conference was sponsored by AI consulting and it happened about three weeks after nine 11. So we weren't sure (laughs) that we were even going to be able to hold this conference. And or that anybody would come because there were quite a few people coming from overseas. But in fact, about 500 people showed up in Baltimore, Maryland, um, for the very first world AI conference. And 
the the design of the World AI Conference then and often in the future was to have um, all of the participants participate in an AI process mm-hmm. actually in the in the conference and that that was um, that was a, an innovation at the time and it it pre it was um, sort of a precursor of the AI summit methodology which um, has become uh, which I think is the most one of the most exciting applications of appreciative inquiry and I've also been able to be a part of many of many AI summits the most exciting one that I have uh, designed and facilitated and been part of was when I was living in Ethiopia and uh, again, the USAID mission there asked me to design a process for bringing together all of the the um, organizations involved in uh, fighting HIV/AIDS. Mm-hmm. And so we did. We designed what really was a, an AI summit. It didn't, we hadn't named them AI summits yet, um, and it was. Uh, really groundbreaking for of HIV AIDS in Ethiopia P- people you know as is the case in many developing countries there are lots of donors there are lots of implementers there are lots of organizations from all over the the um, western world they're doing things to try and improve the situation but they often aren't talking together so this was a, a an opportunity to bring in all of the stakeholders, including people living with AIDS, and all of the implementers together to share re, to to look at what they were had discovered and the best of what they were doing, and um, look at ways of collaborating. and And it was uh, it was a wonderful mm. event. Another um, activity that I'm proud of having been part of was the development of a book called Positive Family Dynamics. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's um, a, a, a book of appreciative inquiry questions to bring out the best in families. Mm-hmm. Many times when I w- was doing a uh, training in appreciative inquiry, people would come up to me and say, I wish I had known about this when I was bringing up my kids or when I was first beginning my marriage. And um, so that stimulated me to think that, you know, there's a whole other field that would mm-hmm. or, or, or arena that would profit from looking um, at life appreciatively. Mm-hmm. And so um, a group of us, uh, Diana Whitney, Jen Silbert, John Dole and myself decided that we would collaborate together and and write this book. And um, what I felt was really life-giving and innovative about the whole writing of the book project was we did it in a very collaborative way and and supportive way. We we agreed on together on a general outline on the kinds of questions we wanted to ask and the areas of family life we wanted to 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 look at and then we divided it up and we scheduled 
uh, frequent calls over a year's period where we would call in, um, have a conference call to just tell each other what we were going to work on that day, go off and write, and then come back together at the end of the call and share what we had done together. Oh, I love and, it. And it was just, uh, you know, a, such a, a, a fun way to, to create a book and, and we got it published and, and it's out there. So oh, that's um, such a great story. Such a real co-creation. It was, it In, was a real collaborative oh, act. Lovely. And so, so very supportive of each other in, in the writing and, and, um, you know, we kept each other, uh, accountable and, and produced something in the end. That's a great model. Yeah. What else? Um, I, you know, I, I think that this world inquiry that we talked that we're talking about mm-hmm. um, is is another. Um, I, I I can just feel it in my bones. It's going to be something that I I think will. Ele- I'm hoping will elevate the discourse around appreciative inquiry at another level using social media to, to communicate the project and to uh, broadcast the stories. And I'm, I'm really hoping that it has an impact, first of all, within the, the uh, appreciative inquiry practitioner world and well beyond. And um, yeah, so that's, yeah, I hope. So uh, that's a hope, and um, and knowing you, it'll happen. And you have again a very supportive team of people kind of involved in this. Definitely. So Ada, Joe, um, I I'm so admiring of all the things that you've contributed, and it's been so valuable to hear you tell parts of your own story. There's so much more, and I just have to ask you an appreciative question: What do you really value about yourself? Well, I, I, I have kind of a split personality. <laughs> and so I value the fact that I, I have a real um, strong sense of opportunity and creativity on the one hand. And, you know, in, in many people, it's, um, that's enough. <laughs> and, and, but I have an, another whole side of me that is very driven to get things done Mm -hmm. and very, uh, you know, I'm organized and, and, um, so putting the creativity and the organization together has, I think, been my winning strategy. So that sounds like, (laughs) like you sound a very valuable person to be able to have both of those. Well, I'm also a lot of fun. Yeah, that is just awesome to be able to have the vision and the dream but then also be able to kind of implement it as well. Sounds very whole to me. Like a whole, there's a real wholeness to that. Well, you know when you get to be 70, it it all it, it does come together a little, in a, in a nice way, I think. That's so beautiful. And I also understand that you have a talent for writing sonnets well in my quasi retirement i i i started taking a a poetry class at the local bookstore and i've really been enjoying um 
you know, as I said, I'm really interested in words and, and I've, I've been interested in that. And I was stimulated especially by a poet, Claudia Rankin, who experimented with this form called the Crown Sonnet, which is many sonnets. It's actually 15 sonnets, all speaking about one process or mm-hmm. one, one subject. And I wrote one about the Peace Corps, and it was very well received by my, my poetry friends. And then I thought, well, what's another big subject that I could, because you got to have a lot of uh, material to write 15 sonnets mm-hmm. that all hang together. And so, of course, my other love besides next to the Peace Corps is appreciative inquiry. So I'm I'm in the middle of trying to write a crown sonnet about AI, and, and I'm about three quarters of the way done. Is there something you could share with us today by reading? Sure. If it's not the full 15, you could read <laughs> a sure, selection? I'd, lo- I'd love to. Thank I'd you. To. AJ, um, as we know you. Yes. Some people actually used to... Get, amusingly call me AI Joe. Oh, how nice. That's a compliment. (laughs) Yeah. So um, it's called An Appreciative Inquiry Crown. I met a man who saw the world anew. He turned the leading questions upside down and in so doing turned my sights around, uncovering the best of what I knew, highlighting past successes was the clue to understanding ways to be unbound Unleashing new ideas not yet found, and hopeful future images came too. He called it appreciative inquiry, a strength-based way to cure most any ills, from leadership to our next strategy. At first, most folks were very, very leery, so used to swallowing those bitter pills, but I became an instant prodigy. He told me how to set a course that's free, not hindered by our negative self-talk, a lifelong path we are so prone to walk. A problem-solving lens is how we see, but searching for the light's my cup of tea. Instead of finding fault like a fierce hawk, it's life's peak moments I prefer to stalk. Moving away from sorrow toward life's glee, the search for problems is so hard to shun. It's how we're taught, some call it our default. But I have learned what you focus on grows Embracing positives is much more fun. Try bringing problem focus to a halt. The benefits of this will quickly show. New ways to know and other ways to be. Engage in conversation, forge a way. Be open to discover, come what may. Don't worry if at first all don't agree. Collect great stories, first from you, then me. Listen closely, hold your fears at bay. Record key nuggets found in what they say. Let others in and cherish what they see. I found this process always will inspire. The energy unleashed ignites the place and tends to open up each person's heart. Creativity comes forth to fuel the fire. Positive transformation fills the place, a most powerful way from which to start. Join forces with your friends, unearth the clue, Convene a summit, invite all you know to make great change at the scale of the whole. Include a myriad of points of view. This helps the group to see the world anew and altogether co-create a goal. 
which touches each one deep inside their soul. Engaging all the voices, not a few, you'll find that creativity abounds. The best of what you know becomes the base to forge new paths that get you what you want, based on collective knowledge that is sound and joyful smiles emerge on each one's face. Hard work becomes more like a playful jaunt. Choose the positive lens and change your view. Work hard to hone your appreciative eye. Like the curious child, keep asking why. Listening well is always good to do. Turn problems upside down and take your cue. See that which doesn't work begin to die as new ideas come to all who try. Excitement, energy, and high hopes too. Move from problem to opportunity. For each complaint, find what you really want. You'll see the forward path becomes quite clear, and positivity will be the key. Eliminate the notion that you can't give up those ways based upon only one's fears. Ask pointed questions in your inquiry. Base them on what you wish more to learn. Pair up with someone new and take a turn. Listen deeply, take some notes, don't hurry. These stories tend to make one feel so merry and wish to find a path towards a return to times when what worked well we can discern. These stories form the base for us to know the best of what has happened in the past becomes what we now call the positive core, a cool way for our peak moments to show. It's fun, enlightening, and very fast. No time for anyone to sleep and snore. You'll see that what you focus on will grow. All things are up for grabs, you soon will see. One AI principle gives us the choice, so listen carefully to each one's voice. Collaboration often is the key for unlocking the desired way to be and making plans for which you will rejoice. Just see the smiles and hear the joyful noise. Anticipating what you want is key. Positive image, positive action, ensures the outcome that you most desire. Keep your appreciative eye on the ball. Stay tuned into, the, into multiple reactions. The AI process really lights a fire that energizes action good for all. Your future images will be your cue. Those positive questions have brought you here. Revisit them and forge a path that's clear. Infuse it with ideas old and new. Start making plans of what you'll need to do, preserving only things you still hold dear. Take a deep breath so you can quell your fear. Perhaps it's time to raise a frothy brew and let those innovations percolate. Who knows what will emerge during the night? The light of day may stimulate your crew to add a new idea to the plate. The morning often brings a fresh insight. So use your dreams to draft a clear roadmap. Make sure you choose a path that's very bold, based on the highest hopes you wish to hold. It's time again to don your thinking cap. Stay, stay true to all your dreams, but do not nap. Bring all the voices in the room into the fold. We commit to what we create, I'm told. And hopefully by doing so, we'll close the gap between the best we know and what we want. Holding positive images on high results in positive action, they say. Don't worry that the problems come to haunt. For the moment, just let those problems lie. Check if they still live another day. That's where I've left off. There's still more to write, but you get I'm sure you get the feel. Oh, it's wonderful. And hearing you recite or read it was just fantastic because... It just comes to life. And I can hear the joy and the fun coming through this. Thank you. Thanks. Really lovely. How many sonnets is that? Is that the full 15 or I no, just hadn't been I, counting? I, no, no I, I have uh, I think four or five four more to, yeah. to write. 
Yeah, the, I mean, in a in a quick uh, explanation, the way it works is you write the last sonnet, which is 14 lines, and then you write a sonnet beginning with each line of the last sonnet, and ah, that's how it that's how it all hangs that's together. That's how it hangs together, right? Yes. Well, that's fantastic. Well, I'm glad you're you're using your creative juices <laughs> and they're still flowing. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's great. So, Ada Joe, your crown sonnet that tells the story of AI and the possibilities and the joy and the outcomes and, you know, the collective spirit and so on, is is that something that we could publish on the site, on the Positivity Strategist, so people could read it as well? Sure, sure. I, I, I'll have to be moved to finish the last four ah. sonnets, but yes. <laughs> Or it could be a work in progress. Oh yes, it could be. We'll we see could where update we go. it. Yeah. Or we could just do a sample of it. So yes, we'll, we'll come up with something. And I so they, or they can listen again and again, of course, because it's really nice. Of it's, it's kind of it's like a, an oral thing that's that's really beautiful. So, is there anything else you'd like to say by way of conclusion? I know we've been speaking for almost an hour here, and let me just remind people that um, who are listening, if they'd like to read a summary or some highlights of this conversation that I've been fortunate enough to have with Ada Joe Mann, it's positivitystrategist.com slash PS59. And there I'll also share some links to um, the book, for example, Positive Family Dynamics, to um, Ada Joe's LinkedIn profile, to some of the other writings that Ada Joe has done in her time with Appreciative Inquiry, and um, anything else that you'd like to say, Ada Joe, by way of conclusion today? No, it's just it's been fun talking to you, Robin, and I I very much appreciate your asking me to have this conversation with you. Oh, absolutely. Um, so you've been there from the beginning and you're continuing right through. <laughs> so thank you very much, Ada Joe, for all that you're doing and for spending time with me today. Thank you, Robin. Also, you can be notified of new episodes by email. Links to all these suggestions are available on positivitystrategist.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening and remember what you focus on grows, so grow towards your best.